Thank you, guys. Awesome. He is holy. Amen. If you guys want to be turning in your Bibles this morning, we'll be in the book of Psalms again. We looked last week at Psalms, at how it is probably one of the most incredible writings ever given to man, and how there is something in the Psalms to deal with literally every problem that we face. A while emerge is making their way, and junior church is making their way to, to their church locations where we'll I'll be going. Um, I do want to encourage, if you would, to Join us in the gym after church, just fellowship, eat. If you didn't know about it, if you forgot about it, if you're a visitor, none of that matters. If you didn't bring anything, none of that matters. Just come down, let's fellowship, let's eat. If we run out of food, we'll eat birthday cake. When we run out of birthday cake, we'll go home. There's at least two birthday cakes down there. Um, it is Larry's 75th birthday, so not only, yeah. Not only is it an opportunity for us to get together and fellowship as a church, but just to get together and, and, and man, just love on Larry a little bit and let him know. If you don't know what Larry S.T. does around here, just come see me down there, and I, I'll spend about two hours and scratch the surface, man. He is an incredible blessing here and thankful to have him, but we're going to get together. And, and, and also, I have the new logo car labels. I'm going to have some of these down there. They're, they're yours. They're free if you'll come see me. Uh, if you would this morning, I only have 25 of these this morning. There's always time to get printed up. So if you just get maybe one per family and put it on your car, not in your desk or drawer, any of that. But it is the new logo, at least the new font, and it's got the faiththegrains.com. So some of you had them on there a long time, and it's peeling, coming off. You want to get a new and put on, that's good. But if you're just looking to replace one, I'd appreciate it if you wait till maybe next week. And, um, but get them. I'd love for you to, to put them out there. Just be a blessing. Just be a blessing to somebody. So... This morning, we're going to look at some things about about fears. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of a lot of fears in today's world. A lot of people dealing with many different types of fear, many different types of anxiety. There's a lot of things going on in the world. Anybody say Amen? A lot of insecurities. A lot of things that we just don't know the answers to. Greg just talked about. Sometimes we question the Lord, and like, you, you sure you got this, Lord? You, um, you, you sure you know what you're doing, right? I mean, this one didn't slip by, and I got a pretty good idea right here. I'm, I'm with you, brother. I got a pretty good idea right here, Lord, if you just do this, but, but God's always got a plan, amen? And, and God always has everything under control, but a lot of times in my simplistic human mind, things don't look exactly like I think they ought to. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about fear. 385 times the Word of God talks about fear. But 144 of those times, the word fear is associated with the word not. That means 144 times the Bible tells us that we're not to fear, to fear not. Now, y'all know that I love the numbers of the Bible. I don't have my card in the back today, ironically enough. But this one's barely staying together without anything in it, so I couldn't put anything back there. But I love the numbers of the Bible, the perfection of the numbers of the Bible. And, and it's not an accident that... 144 times it associates the word not with the word fear because 144 represents the spirit-guided life. So what that's telling me is that if I want to be able to overcome fear, it doesn't tell me I'm not going to have fear. It doesn't tell me I'm not going to have anxiety. It doesn't tell me I'm not going to have problems. But if I want to overcome fears, if I want to live a life that is above fear and be able to conquer the fears, then I'm to have a spirit-led life. So this morning, if you want to turn to the 27th Psalm, a psalm written, of course, by, by David. Um, 
The Word of God tells us that David is a man after God's own heart, the writer of more than half of the Psalms. But David says here in chapter 27, beginning in verse number 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He set me upon a rock. I I preached a message entitled, Overcoming Weaknesses. I preached a message entitled, Overcoming Obstacles. I preached a message entitled, Overcoming Temptations. And this morning, I want to take this passage along with some others written by the hand of David and look at overcoming fear. God, thank you so much for being so incredibly good. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you that in all fear and all anxiety and all troubling times, we can always turn to you. We can hold on to you knowing that you've never left us, you've never forsaken us, and you never will. You've been there in our past. You're here in our present. You'll be there in our future. God, there's a promise of eternity to come where we'll be with you in your presence and all these Fears and anxieties and troubles will be behind us. But God, today we got to get through this life, Father. I pray you'd help us that we can walk through fearful times and trying times and troubling times in a way that people would see Christ in us and Christ through us. Lord, we can only do that if we're filled with your Holy Spirit and the Spirit-guided life, Father. I pray you'd move among your people this morning. I pray you'd help us, God, as we seek and desire to know more about you. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. You know, we... <clears throat> we live in a world that, in all honesty, has a lot of reasons to be fearful. There's a reason I don't watch the news. I told Robin the other day I'd open my phone, I was reading some stuff on the news, and I said, the reason I read the news instead of watching the news is I can see the highlight and go, man, that's sick. Next one, man, that's sick. Next one, go, man, that's disgusting. And at least I don't have to sit there and watch them dwell on it for five minutes on the news because all they do is they dwell on the negative and the sick. And there's so much going on, in all honesty. Anytime your family's not at home, your children's not at home, your spouse is not at home, you understand the world that they're in. You understand what's going on out there. You understand what can happen at any given moment. That's why every morning, I hope, surely, you ask God to put a hedge of protection around your family on this day because there are evils that can befall anybody at any time in this world at any given moment, but nothing can happen beyond the hand of God. So pray every day, God, put a hedge about my family. Go before my family. Walk with my family. Keep your hand around my family because there's plenty going on out there in the world. On, on top of the evils, we look at the economy, we look at money, we look at where it's at, and fuel prices are, are soaring, and, and grocery prices are, I guess, ridiculous is about the best word that I can think to put there. I mean, everything that, that we need, prices are going up. School's about to start, and all the moms and dads with children in school said, amen. It's got as good and as bad, as good as amen, you're sending them back to school. You can go ahead and tell the truth, I feel you. But the bad part is you got to buy the clothes, you got to buy the shoes, you got to buy all the book bag stuff and get all the things. And, and I'm probably not the only one that's noticed this, but everything in my life has gone up except for income. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
So, so we, we look at this, this surge of all that's going on, and there, there's talk to recession, and we look at interest rates rising, and I have not forgotten what happened in 2006. I've not forgotten what 2006 looked like, and I've not forgotten the condition of this country by 2008 and 2009. I haven't forgotten that. Anybody forgotten that? Now, if we look at traits and we look at what's going on, we're on the same path. We see the same things. We see the same things going on in the economy and all that's going around, and it bears a striking resemblance to what we saw back in 2006. And the bottom line is where nothing has changed, history repeats itself. There was a day back then when, when people lost their homes, they lost their cars, people lost jobs. The, the government had to bail out banks. They had to offer money to auto manufacturers to try to, to bail out some of the car builders. And, and, and you, you had major corporations that either went out of business or they were operating under Chapter 11 or Chapter 13 just trying to keep the doors open. There's just a lot of things going on, right? And as if it's not unsettling enough, we have something now that we didn't have back then, and that's that little thing called COVID that showed up last year, well, back in 2020. So, so it just came in and it brought new fears. One of the things that COVID brought, and to be honest, a lot of people still haven't gotten over it. People were confined to their homes and businesses were closed down and people started working at home and not going to the job and it cut down on interaction. It cut down on our ability to be a blessing to people. It cut down on the ability for the Christian to, to let Christ be visible in the lives of others. It cut down on our opportunity to, to offer strength. What it did is it, is it isolated everybody. But, but isolation creates fear. Isolation cr creates anxiety. That's why the devil wants you alone. That's why the devil wants to single you out. That's why the devil wants to pull you away from church members and wants to, to get you out there and the things alone But because he wants to isolate and it, and it creates fear. But, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says that God's not given us a spirit of fear. That means if I have a spirit of fear, it's not coming from God. It's what the enemy's trying to do to me. It's the enemy trying to tear me down, trying to create things inside. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Genesis 26, 24, God said, fear not, for I am with thee. He didn't say I might be. He didn't say there's a chance. God said, don't worry about it. Don't fear. No matter what's going on in your life, I am with thee. Hebrews 13, 6, it's so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, my helper. My, say, say my helper. My helper. I don't say mine. You think I'm talking about me. Say it again. Say my helper. Lord is my helper. Says that, that I, I, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Anybody ever feel like your prayers ain't getting past the roof? I saw two or three heads shake. I don't want to be here by myself. Anybody ever feel like, man, God, are you, are you not hearing my, my prayers? Anybody ever... Anybody ever thought something along these lines? I guess God's just not going to answer this one. I've been asking too many times. I've been asking too long. I guess God's just not going to answer this one. You know, sometimes we just have to pray through. Sometimes you just got to keep on keeping on. You just got to keep on praying, keep on holding on. You just got to know that God hears. You just got to know that God cares. You just got to know that God will. Just keep on praying. Just keep on trusting. Just keep on seeking. Just keep on hoping, knowing that he's your God. You know, Daniel chapter 10, I know you know the story where the angel was talking to Daniel, and he said, 
Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. What the angel of heaven said is on the day you bowed down before God, on the day you prayed, God heard you then. Your prayer did not fall on deaf ears. It was not ignored. It was not pushed to the side. On the day you prayed, your prayer was heard and your prayer was answered. And God has sent me to answer your prayer, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. You think you're not fighting a spiritual warfare in this life? You think you're not fighting a spiritual battle? You think you're wrestling with men? You think the people coming against you causing problems and saying things about you are your enemy? They're not your enemy. The devil is. It's the devil stirring up all the hatred. It's the devil sowing up discord. It's the devil creating fear. It's the devil creating doubt. It's the devil throwing in anxiety. All that stuff is fear of the enemy. He said the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. He said 21 days ago you prayed. 21 days ago God heard. 21 days ago I was sent with the answer to your prayer and for 21 days I have fought against the demons of hell trying to bring the answer to your prayer. He said, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained out with the kings of Persia. He says, it might have took me 21 days to get here, but rest assured the power of God will always prevail. Your prayer will always be answered. The demons of hell may fight, but they have no victory over God. 21 days. I've been trying to bring the answer to your prayer. In the New Testament, we have a promise from Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the, the one who cannot lie. He said in chapter 14 of John, verse number 25, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Then he says, neither let it be afraid. The truth is, fear and faith are constant enemies. Fear and faith is the war that, that is always going on for the mastery of the soul, the mastery of the mind, the mastery of the life. Fear and faith is a constant struggle. It's like a roller coaster. Anybody know what I'm talking about? One minute I'm on top and I'm on top of the world and I have no fear. And all of a sudden that thing turns looking down and I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, help me now. And, and fear begins. And it's this constant battle back and forth. Can, can, can I... Can I just plug something in and give this to somebody? Because there's another, you, you know, the fear is a liar, right? Zach Williams song. See, I'm getting good on that stuff. Ain't it? Zach Williams, I, mean, I know some names and song people. I mean, it's amazing y'all going to make something out of me yet. Fear is a liar. And, and fear, fear will, will tell you things, including it'll tell you that because you have these fears, that, that you're weak in your faith. Because you have fear, you're living in sin, you're doing things wrong. Can, can, I just, can I just plug this in? Fear is not a sin. It's just a human natural instinct. Listen, if, I, if I'm out walking and I have no gun and a big old Rottweiler is coming at me and he ain't coming like Lassie. His tail ain't wagging. He ain't coming to rub on my leg and to be petted. I mean, all I'm seeing is teeth and attitude coming running in my direction. Fear is a natural instinct. Fear says, run, climb a tree. But, but it is fear that kept me alive, amen? 
It might have been fear for a moment. So fear is not a sin. It's, it's just it's a reaction. But, but it's not something that we can let hold on to us and dictate our lives. I can't stay in the tree. Sooner or later, somebody got to come shoot the dog for me. I'm sorry, I say shoot the dog. Catch the dog and pull the dog off for me. And I said, I'm not shooting no dog. I don't want to come out. Some, somebody's got to come take their lovely little pet, carry him back to their house so I can get down and go safely to mine. Fear happens. Fear pops up. Fear comes. It catches us off guard. But we can't let it dictate our lives. So what are some of the ways that we can overcome fears? That's what I want to look at this morning because David gives us some things here to help us overcome anxiety. He gave us some things to help us overcome the, the uncertainties of life. Number one, David shows us that, that we're to look at how the Lord has dealt with us in our lives. God is not just any God. He is my God. He's not just any God. He is your God. Look at him. Y'all said again, say, he is my God. He is my God. My God. He's not just any God. He's your God. He's the one that erased all your sins, wrote your name down in the Lamb's book of life, can take away all your... Pro Listen, he took away the greatest problem we ever had, and that was sin separation from God. And he did it through the blood of Jesus Christ. He is our God. David said, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Look at all the personal pronouns. The reason David has no fear is because he understands it is his God. David's confidence in this situation based on, is based on his personal experiences with God. Understanding that God is his God. God has shown up in David's life before. God has been there for David in some troubling times before. God has answered some prayers for David before. Anybody say amen? Anybody know what he's talking about? Even when David made some mistakes, anybody know the story? David's not a perfect man, is he? On top of an adulterer, he's a murderer, he's a liar. So, so David's not this perfect man. He's a man that the Word of God says he's a man after his own heart. And in spite of David's mistake, he knows that he's always been able to call on his God, and his God has always been there because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not I will leave you when you mess up. Not I'll never leave as long as you do right. But I will never leave you. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God says I will always be there. In every fear, every problem, every trial. I will never leave you. Here in our text. David in, the, in this hour of, of trial that is going through. Personal knowledge with the Father. We, we know we have a personal relationship. Jesus said in Luke 12, 6, he said, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? Not one of them is forgotten before God. Two farthings. That's a fourth of a penny. That's a half of a penny. A farthing is a fourth. A half of a penny. He says, you can buy two of them. So that means a, that one of those little birds will cost you a fourth of a penny. He says, not one of those fall to the ground that the Father doesn't know. The Word of God talks throughout about how God prepares for the bird. God takes care of the bird. God provides food for the bird. He says that not one of them is forgotten. He understands every single one. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Sorry, Dale. I, that, that's math I can do, brother. Love you, man. But I can keep up with yours, and it ain't going to be long I'll be able to keep up with mine. They're getting thinner by the day. But God knows the ones that hit the ground. He knows the ones that have turned gray, which is about 99% of them. 
There's nothing about you that, that God does not know because he loves us. He says, are you not of more value than many sparrows? God loves you. Not, not God loves man. Yes, God loves man, but God loves you. God cares about your problem, your situation, your trouble, your enemies, your trials, your finances, your sickness, your home. Whatever you're dealing with, God cares about you. We have a God that can handle every situation, and we know that God cares about us. We know that God loves us. You know, the song? His eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches who? He watches over me. So not only do we know about our personal relationship, but David says that we're to remember our past experiences with the Father. We know about all the times when God has shown up for us in our past. God shown up for anybody in your past? We know about the times when God made a way out of no way. We know about the times when it looked like God wasn't coming. We tried everything we know to do. Come on, Greg. We tried all our answers. We told God how to fix it a dozen times. He ain't listened to none of it. We tried, exalted every means, and we've done all we can to fix it, and it's still not fixed, and we're ready to give up. But God was just waiting on us to get out of the way. God was just waiting on us to exhaust all of our means and put everything till we understand that we can't fix it so we can so we have a God that can. A lot of times the reason we're waiting so long ain't because of the spiritual warfare for 21 days. It's because we won't get out of the way and let God do something. We, we got to keep all of our stuff in it so we know that, that God has been there for us in our past. God has, has shown up. We remember how God has, has shown up in our past, and because of that, we can be confident that he's going to be in my present situation. You know how I know he's going to be in this situation? Because he was in the last one. Because his word said he's a present help who's always with me, and, and he's the one who holds my future, so there's never a time that God won't be with me. David said, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. See, David is looking back. He's looking back on past experiences, how, how God overcame his enemies. Can, can I tell you, when David talks about his enemies, they were stronger than David. They were stronger than Israel. They were more in numbers than Israel. They were mightier, but they weren't greater than God. Time after time, God has shown up in David's life. Time after time, he has come to, to David's rescue. Time after time, God has made a way of victory when it seemed like defeat was certain. Our lives are no different. Our lives are no different. There's never been a time that God abandoned us. There's never been a time when God forsook us. There's never been a time when God threw us to the wolves and left us alone. Verse number three, David said, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. The reason David is so, so confident was because he, he trusted in God. He put his security in God and, and not in himself. He said, in this will I be confident. That's talking about the previous statement. You know, no matter what enemy has come against me, I've seen what God can do. I've seen God show up time and time again. So in this, I'll be confident. Another thing that, that I see in the text, and, and this is important. This is important. One of the reasons that, that David has so much confidence is because he is living, Matthew 6, He is living, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
All these things shall be added unto you. He is living, put God first. He is living, desire God first. He is living, seek God first. Seek God's word first. He is, he is living that. But then David says, there's only one thing that I desire. I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I, I want to read a passage to you right here out of Dr. John Phillips' book. It says, David wanted the impossible. Y'all do understand that David wasn't allowed to do what you can do, right? Do, do you know you can do the things that kings and priests desired to do that, that they couldn't do? You know, you can do what David, the anointed and the appointed, the man after God's own heart, you can do what David couldn't do. Because of the cross, because of the blood, because of the veil that is rent in twain, you have access to the Holy of Holies. You can walk into the presence of Almighty God, into the throne room. He says that you may come boldly into the throne room of grace that you may obtain mercy. David couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. It was the area behind the veil in his days. And he said, David in those days truly was a man after God's own heart. He was a model man, a warrior, a born leader of men, courageous, compassionate conqueror. He, he was a worshiper, a passion for God and for the things of God. He was a prince, a poet, and a prophet. But by no stretch of the imagination was he a priest, nor ever could he be. Privilege such as being allowed access to the inner sanctuaries of the tabernacle reserved for men born of the tribe of Levi of the family of Aaron, not to men born of the tribe of Judah of the family of Jesse. What David wanted was impossible, yet that's what he desired. This was the daily passion of his heart, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, not just on the Sabbath. He did not attend services in the temple out of a sense of duty. He desired the place because it was where his treasure was and his heart was there also all the days of my life. Psalms 23, David expands that to, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, then it follows that we should want to dwell there all the days of our life. If we have no love for the meeting place of God's people and no passion to be there, then there's something radically wrong in our belief. David had a deliberate passion and a daily passion, but he also had a discerning passion to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. If we could just catch a glimpse of the beauty of the Lord, we would lose sight of all beside. It was David's intense desire to enjoy the presence of the Lord in his house. David had a desire to see the things of God, to come into the house of God, to be around God's people. He says in verse number 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. David starts out there in verse number 5 by letting us know that trouble is going to come. Trouble will happen in this life there will be enemies there will be foes there will be backbiters backstabbers gossipers there will be liars cheaters thieves there, there will be everything he lets us he lets us know that trouble will come but he says in the time of trouble that word time comes from a word that, that can mean a day or a series of days anybody know what that one's about sometimes trouble is a little bit longer than a day in it Sometimes it seems like the trouble ain't ever going to go away. 
seems like the storm has settled in, the dark clouds over us, the wind and the lightning will never leave, and it seems like it lasts for days on end. Sometimes it's a thunderstorm, 15, 20 minutes, but sometimes it's more like a hurricane. It just blows in, stays for a while. So it means a day or a series of days. The word trouble comes from the word that means evil. It means anxiety or it means calamity. But, but then it, to hide means to hide by covering. You know, like under his wings. The Bible talks about how when Jesus said like a chick, like a chicken gathers his chicks and hides it under his wings, you know, or, or like in the cleft of the rock. When, when Jesus, when the Father will put us there and, and put his hand over or, or in the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, if you're in the shadow of the Almighty, nothing can come in there. He, he says that, he, that he's always there. David says he will cover me. The same thing is true with every child of God. In any time that we're dealing with fear, any time that we're dealing with, with anxieties or any time that, that we're dealing with uncertainties, any type of calamity, things going on in our lives. You know, they come from everywhere. Sometimes they seem like they come from everywhere at the same time. Know what I'm talking about? So, sometimes we, we get like one cheap shot, but sometimes they seem to come from every direction. I mean, calamity is caused by situations at work. It, it, it's caused by, 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 by things going on around us. It's caused by other people. I didn't get an amen out of the house. No matter what it is, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills <clears throat> from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Do, do, do y'all hear that verse? You, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. See, see, no matter what we're going through, God is our help. My help. Your help. Our, our personal help. And it says... No matter what we're going through, our help is coming from the Lord God Jehovah, creator of the universe, calmer of the storms, peace in the valley, the fourth man in the fire, the, the, the one who hung the earth on nothing, hollowed out the oceans with his hands, set bounds about him and said, you can only come this far, span the heavens, spoke. The, the sun and the moon into existence, sent manna down from heaven to feed his children, parted the Red Sea with the breath out of his mouth, pushed down the walls of Jericho after his people had walked around it, sprang water from the rock at Horeb and gave water to his people in the wilderness, delivered Daniel out of the mouth of the lion's den. Anybody care about who your God is? He called Lazarus out of the grave with the sound of his voice, walked on the stormy seas, got out in the middle and said, peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and the waters lay, and everything became calm. He strengthened Samson. He empowered David. He protected Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, and he'll deliver you out of yours. It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing's too big for your God. Nothing's too strong that he can't fix it. Nothing's so small that he doesn't care. He is your personal God. And if he was there for them, he'll be there for you. He says that we're not to fear. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Isaiah said in chapter 41 and verse 10, God told him, he said, fear thou not, I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse 13 says, I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. We, we just need to grab a hold to God today in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of society, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of all the uncertainties and everything that's going along. We just need to grab a hold to God and hold on. Fear is not a sin, but it is the enemy. And it must be conquered. I want to read another passage. Y'all do know the altar's always open, right? You, you never need an invitation to pray. You can pray anytime, anywhere. You can pray where you are. You can use the altar. You're never going to disturb anything by praying. I want, I want to read one more passage, and I'm done. Bam, you guys, come on. Y'all like, what? You see the clock? I see the clock. I know what time it is. That's because we didn't have two choir songs this morning. We didn't have anything to talk about when we got back. It's not what time I finish. It's what time I start. Y'all with me? Y'all like, no, nah, he's thinking about that food down there. I promise. I got nothing to do with it. It's, it's, it's all about we didn't have no choir. And we didn't have nothing to talk about. Sooner I get started, sooner we get done. I, I, I want to I read a, a passage here. Psalms chapter 91. The, the title here at the top. It's called the secret place of security. The secret place of security. It talks about abiding in the shadow of the Most High. It talks about abiding under the wings of a holy, righteous God. I want to read something real quick. This is the commentary section of one of my study Bibles. It's called the Old Schofield Study Bible, King James Version. It's talking about Psalms 91. It says, this psalm expresses the security that we can have by trusting completely in God. It assures us that God will be our refuge and that we may seek his protection in times of spiritual and physical danger. Anybody hear that? It assures us that God will be our refuge and that we may seek his protection in times of spiritual and physical danger. He that dwelleth in the Most High offers security for God's children. The more time we spend in fellowship with God reading God's word, the greater our peace will be and the stronger our confidence will be. Fear and faith are constant warriors. It's a constant battle. And what he says is that the more time we spend in the book, the more time we spend holding on to God, the more time we spend praying, the more time we spend seeking God's face, the more often God will show up. The, the more peace we will have when it doesn't make sense to have peace the more grace we will have in the midst of a storm. Doesn't mean the storm goes away. It means you have grace to walk through the storm. It means you have strength to carry on. It means that God will always be there in the middle no matter what. I'm going to ask if you would, if you guys would go ahead and stand. You stand for the reading of the 91st Psalm. And if you would, just, just stay standing. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. 
truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid nor the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand. They shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitations. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up with their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm chapter 46, David said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. If we don't want fear to be a factor in our lives, we have to hold on to the one who has no fear. We have to hold on to the one who conquers all things. To the one who loved us in the beginning, has loved us through it all, and will never cease to love us. He's the one that says, call on me. Jeremiah 33, 3 is right here. Call, call unto me, and I will answer thee. And what does he say? I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Says you need something? Call on me. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of the man the things which God hath prepared to them that love him. He says, you can't fathom what I can do for you. You can't comprehend. You've got your simplistic ideas of how you want me to, to conquer your problem. You have no idea what I can do. You have no idea of the power I have to overcome. If you'll just hand it to me, I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I just need you to turn to me. That's what he said. That's all he wants. Just turn to me. I'll be enough. I'll be enough in your troubles. I'll be enough in your problems. I'll be enough in your weaknesses. I'll be enough in your sad times. I'll be enough in your heartbreak. I'll be enough in your financial situation. I'll be enough in your marriage problems. I'll be enough in your work problems. I'll be enough in your neighborhood problems. I'll be enough in the community problems. I'll be enough in the fear problems. I'll be enough in your challenges. All you got to do is just call on me. Just call on me and I'll show you things that you can't begin to imagine. God made us a promise that he is a very present help in every situation so what I'm going to tell you if there's anybody this morning who needs any help in anything at all God is one prayer away from what you need